0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: On today's Fancy Baseball in 15, we'll take a look at a near-perfecto and the impending return of several key Padres. Like, nothing taxes. Dodger's been a Dodger.
0: <laughs> I have That's- not had uh, three cold uh, yet. It
1: works great,
2: great in a fantasy I'm just
0: glad I am not at the dentist.
2: Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15. For Thursday, April 15th, I'm Al Melchior, and I am here with Michael Beller, and we are here to not only celebrate Jackie Robinson Day, but also to celebrate an excellent pitching performance from Carlos Rodon.
2: Almost a perfect game. I guess he'll take the no-hitter, so uh, Michael, what do you make of this? Ugh, oh, I mean, perfect games are the coolest things in baseball, if you ask me, and what an awful way to lose it. Eight and a third, he hits Roberto Perez in the foot, like... Man, like, uh, that would have been, uh, just what a gut-wrenching way to lose it. Like, just this side of Armando Galarraga, way to lose a perfect game. So, uh, that's that's awful. Uh, No-hitter is great. It's not quite as fun, but... What a performance from Carlos Rodon, and I mean, this was the one guy in the White Sox rotation who we weren't talking about at all coming into the regular season, Lucas Giolito, Cy Young candidate, and definitely still there after the way he started the season, they make the trade for Lance Lynn, Dallas Keuchel coming off the great ERA a season ago, Dylan Cease, a guy who they have big expectations for, what are they going to do with Michael Kopeck? I mean, you know, Carlos Rodon, yeah, he's Carlos Rodon, he's never going to be the pitcher we thought he was going to be coming out of NC State, third overall pick, uh, but he can fill the back. Back of the rotation, all good. And now look at this. I mean, first start of the year, five shutout innings, nine Ks. Then he comes back with this, a near-perfect game, gets a no-hitter. White Sox cruise to a victory over the Indians. I mean, he looked awesome in this start. I think he has to be right toward the top of your uh, fab list if he's available in any of your leagues this coming weekend.
1: Yeah, and looks like he's got a two-start week coming up. That looked pretty yep. good even before this uh, no-hitter. So uh yeah. definitely time to get a little aggressive with the fab dollars.
2: And let's just say also, Al, that that first start against Boston, you know, not necessarily the easiest start, but the second start comes against Texas. So you got to feel pretty good about that two-step, even taking on the uh, tough matchup with the Red Sox to start it off. Uh busy busy day Michael. Uh Astros sending
1: 5 of their players to the COVID IL. Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, Robo Garcia and Martin Maldonado. Uh it's for contract tracing purposes. Uh, at least that is the, the latest that we know. So as you know with the COVID IL, they could come back at any time. So that's just a uh, a day-to-day situation that we all have to watch. And same for Dylan Cease, going back to the White Sox. He was placed uh, on the COVID IL with COVID symptoms, but as of yet, no positive test. Some good, good news here, Michael, for the Padres. Fernando Tatis Jr. could be back as soon as this Friday. That is fantastic news. Will Myers, who's been day to day with patellar tendonitis, he could be back on Thursday. And Denelson Lamette tentatively is slated to start against the Brewers early next week, possibly as soon as Monday. So basically, go back to the same type of question here with uh, Lamette anyway. Uh, would you feel secure and just Putting them right in there, given that you are the manager of team, get him right in there.
2: <laughs> uh, definitely I feel I feel really encouraged actually with the way the Padres have handled this uh, you know like Lamette wasn't that far off to the point where if they ultimately changed course at the end of spring and said he's ready to go we're going to keep him in the rotation uh, he's not going to start the year on the IL it, it wouldn't have at least to, uh, to the non-doctors among us seemed like the craziest thing in the world but they held to their plan they got him a couple of starts at the alternate site everything was good Coming out of that, the velocity was good. The results were good. So, yes, I feel absolutely comfortable getting him in there. Um, The way that things are set up, it's likely... That he's only going to get one start. It would depend on if he does make that first start on Monday. It is a tough week. uh, Milwaukee and then the Dodgers. So if he gets pushed back a little bit. And he makes a start on Tuesday, Wednesday. Maybe he doesn't get the second start against the Dodgers. And then you're looking at a two-start week the week after. As someone heavily invested in Denelson Lamette, I think I'd rather have that. I think I'd say let's take one start against the Brewers. Let's skip the Dodgers. And then let's jump into a two-start week. Starting with Arizona the week after. But whether it's one. Whether it's two. If he does have to face the Dodgers he will be in my lineup for those starts.
1: Yeah. And that's going to be a brutal schedule for the Padres hitters, but uh, yes, we'll it certainly is. be talking about that uh, in the days to come. Uh, Byron Buxton has a tight hamstring, so no timetable for him, but uh, obviously that's something very disappointing to a lot of people in the fantasy community. Couple of Brewers updates, Lorenzo Kane, he has gone on the injured list. Christian Yelch still day to day. Max Freed, Wondering maybe what's wrong with him in the early going. He's been placed on the injured list. And uh, Alex Kirilov. A major league debut. This one was with all this news. <laughs> this one was a little sneaky, Michael. Uh, came in as a pinch hitter as the 27th man on the Twins roster against the Red Sox, struck out in that, uh, in that plate appearance. But uh, the question that I've seen really all over Twitter, uh, is do you go pick him up given that he's the 27th man? And I certainly agree with what I've seen as the consensus, which is even if he goes back down, I would think it won't be long before before we see Alex Kirilov in the Twins lineup on a regular basis.
2: I would think that too, you know, once you break the seal on this, uh, you're pretty much never going to go back all the way to where they were before, Uh, you know, coincidentally enough, or maybe not so much of a coincidence uh, later today on the athletic fantasy baseball podcast, DVR and I are going to be talking to Aaron Gleeman, who is one of our two twins beat writers. And that is one of the questions we are going to pose to him. How long before we're expecting to see some consistent playing time for Alex Kirilov in the majors. I will say it's a pretty tightly packed roster and they just brought Josh Donaldson back on Wednesday too. Uh Luis Ares has been uh, swinging the bat very well. You would think they want to find some time for him. There aren't a ton of guys who you want to move out of this lineup. So I think that, you know, in my non twins beat reporting brain does complicate things a little bit. But this is obviously someone who the Twins have major plans for, and the sort of guy that you hope doesn't get the Andrew Vaughn treatment that we're seeing from the White Sox right now. I would think the Twins wouldn't do that. I would think Rocco Baldelli, being the sort of manager he is, that once he gets this guy on his team, he's going to be playing him a bunch. Uh, Let's check in with Aaron Gleeman a little bit later today to really get down on the uh, details on that one.
1: Fantastic. I was
0: certainly looking forward to that report.
1: And Johnny Cueto, a couple of items here with him. He had really a, a very good start against the Reds, 5-2 uh, and two scoreless innings, but did depart uh, without finishing the sixth with a tight lat. So uh, that raises all kinds of questions uh, about him for uh, the coming week. So, again, stay tuned on that one. But let's take a look at a few of the other standout performances uh, from this uh from this Wednesday slate, uh, Joe Ross and David Peterson, both uh going six innings, very, very strong Uh in Ross's case. Six scoreless innings against the Cardinals. He's now up to 11 scoreless innings on the season with just hit, six hits allowed, nine strikeouts, three walks, and a lot of called strikes for Joe Ross. 24.4% called strike rate across his two starts so far this season. Bear in mind that the first one came against the Dodgers. David Peterson's now made two starts against the Phillies. This most recent one, 10 strikeouts in six innings, no walks, two hits, one run allowed fantastic start for Peterson. And like Ross, a lot of called strikes, 22.8% against a Phillies team that actually doesn't take a lot of strikes. So pretty impressive there. Uh, So Ross and Peterson, anything actionable after two starts for them?
2: I would say that they're both on our radar, and I would say that they're both guys who we're going to be talking about in our Fab episode over the weekend. I think that they're definitely uh, have pitched their way to that point, I would be a little bit more interested in Peterson because of the strikeouts that we've seen from him. I'm a sucker for the Ross brothers. I love Tyson Ross before I love Joe Ross, and I always wanted to see both of them do well. I think Tyson Ross could have had an unbelievable career if injuries didn't just rack up on him. And I think Joe Ross, uh, you know, maybe didn't have quite the ceiling that his older brother did, but still had a ceiling that has been robbed from him because of all these injuries. I look at him a little bit you know, more askance because of the fact that we have seen the velocity come down, has just been a couple of starts here. He's not getting a ton of whiffs. So I think there's a little bit more reason to be cautious with the bids on him than there would be with Peterson. I think both guys were still talking about pretty low 3 to 5% max of your fab, but definitely guys we should be watching going forward.
1: And looking at uh, a player here for entirely different reasons, Michael, Corey Kluber, uh, he's given up a ton of runs already. He's only pitched 10 and a third innings over three starts, given up 10 runs, although seven are earned, Uh, 16 hits allowed. But he is getting the swings and misses against the Blue Jays, 15 whiffs on just 77 pitches. Uh, But, you know, overall, the results don't look good. But I think if you look below the surface results, I think there's a buy low opportunity here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you're really going to sell me on that, Al. I just, you know, Kluber was someone who I was off coming into the season. I I like the fact that he's getting the swing and miss. How could you not? But, like... I don't know, but the way that the game is played today, swing and miss, just feels like it's such a big part. Such a like a like It's not quite as impressive, the swing and miss he's been getting, as it would have been even just a couple of years ago, relative to the rest of the league. So the results really scream loudly here for a guy who hasn't pitched much since the end of the 2018 season, who clearly uh, was... You know, would, even without the injuries, would be approaching the end of his career. Not quite there, but we would be talking about him being in the final couple of years of his career anyways. Just all of that adds up to a really dangerous case for me. And then you throw the injuries into it also. I think he can still get swing and miss. He feels sort of like, a, a, almost like a right-handed Robbie Ray to me at this point.
1: Wow. Oh, that's definitely uh, not the Corey Kluber we knew a few years back. Uh, so we'll, we'll monitor his progress. And one hitter here, not to just uh, completely shut out the hitters, but Brandon Nemo, I would say pretty quietly batting 464 after a three hit game against the Phillies. He now has an on base percentage. Yes, I know. Early season, small sample and all, but I still love it that he's got a 583 OPP. So uh, I, I would make the argument that if Nimmo's
2: available, even in your shallow leagues, that uh, might as well ride this hot hand. I agree with you completely, Al. And this is a skill that we've seen from Brandon Nimmo. You know, short, you know, small sample, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's something that we've seen from him. And I saw this, this was yesterday uh, on the Mets game. Since 2018, minimum 1,000 plate appearances. Uh, Here are your hitters with a better than 400 OBP. Mike Trout, makes sense. Juan Soto, sure. Christian Yelich, of course. Mookie Betts, yep, I buy it. Alex Bregman, sure, he belongs in that group. And Brandon Nimmo, that's the group. 400 or better OBP since the start of 2018. Minimum 1,000 plate appearances. Those are all in or all year in, year out All-Stars. Year in, year out MVP candidates. And Brandon Nimmo putting himself there. He's not going to be one of those guys in his whole body of work. But the dude can get on base. He's proven us that. Mets are hitting the ball all over the place. He can score a lot of runs on top of that lineup. He's locked into that leadoff spot. I'm with you. Go get Nimmo.
1: All right, excellent. Let's see if we can be on the same page here. Looking at the streamers for Thursday, Uh, here we go. I'm just going to rattle off some names, Michael, and you tell me who you like or who I've left out that I shouldn't have left out. Uh Mitch Keller against the Padres. Jake Junis uh, making a start against Toronto. Tarek Skubal at Oakland. Justin Dunn and Bruce Zimmerman facing off against each other, Mariners, Orioles. And Jordan Lyles and Rich Hill facing off against each other uh in that Rangers-Rays matchup.
2: I mean, none of them really get me that excited. I'll say Scooble because of the ceiling that he just has in his starts, and then Rich Hill because he's a guy who can still get you strikeouts. So those are the first two guys who I would be going after. If I couldn't get either of them, I would really have to just need innings, whatever, to want to go after any of the rest.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I really ignored Rich Hill this year and serve sort of regret it now, but he is still out there in quite a few leagues. So, yeah. on that note, let's uh, wind up here with our stock stockwatch segment. Uh, three hitters or three players, I should say, who are up and three who are down. Garrett Hampson, he's led off for seven games in a row for the Rockies, and John Gant and Jeff Hoffman both seizing rotation spots for a longer term now because uh, Jose De Leon, he's going to the the bullpen for the Reds. John Gantt, he secures a spot with Daniel Ponce De Leon going to the bullpen. And uh, three players down, Victor Robles moving down in the lineup, Clint Frazier not playing very much lately, and Logan Webb possibly going to the bullpen, uh, especially if Johnny Cueto doesn't need to miss a start. So which of these players is moving the needle up or down for you personally?
2: Surprised to see Logan Webb go to the bullpen. I didn't think that was going to happen. I I think the the, the starters on the plus side are, are both moving the needle to the point where I would think about going after them if they were available in my leagues. Garrett Hampson, I really want to buy into this. The slash numbers haven't been great, but they're sticking with him atop the lineup four steals three of them came in the same game but still you like the fact that he's got four steals he's attempted five so the speed can be there he's gonna have to get on base more if he's gonna keep that spot though I mean you can't just keep trotting a 325 OBP out in your leadoff spot even if you are the Rockies and you don't have (laughs) a ton of other great (laughs) options so I, I buy him I'm starting him in top wars I'm happy to have him in top wars but he's gonna have to do a better job of getting on base to keep that job
1: Oh, if you didn't say even if you are the Rockies, I would have. So uh, <laughs> on that note of agreement, we're going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're listening to this podcast on a platform that lets you leave a rating and a review, we really do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melcur, and we'll be right back here on Friday.